Ask anyone who was working in the airline industry on September 11, 2001, and they'll have a story. What you're about to hear are some of those stories told by people who responded in the days, weeks, and even months afterward. Assisting families of those on the four flights. Helping fellow employees come to terms with their grief. Working on the front lines and behind the scenes to get airlines back in the air with a host of new safety and security rules. Some of these stories have been told to family or others over the years, and a few of these will be heard for the first time on this podcast. September 11th, Airline Voices. Hello, my name is Scott Nason. I am retired from American Airlines, where I worked for 29 years, including 18 as a vice president in three different areas. On 9-11-2001, I was Vice President of Information Technology at American. I arrived at AA's headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas at exactly 7.46 a.m., clearly unaware of what was happening at that very moment, 1,500 miles to the northeast. While office security was not a high priority in those days, we had recently implemented locked entry doors that required each entering employee to swipe their badge to enter. As they approached the doors, a woman was standing there, making a perfunctory search of her purse for her ID, which ceased on my arrival, as she was really waiting for me to arrive to let her in. I did not recognize her and decided that it was appropriate to insist that she at least show that she had an ID in order to enter with me. She gave me a disgusted huff, rummaged through her purse, and finally removed her employee ID from the bowels of her purse. We entered, and I proceeded to my third floor office. The irony of what had just occurred would only dawn on me much later that day. I had not been there more than a few minutes when Steve, one of my managers, came in and informed me that we had three airplanes missing from radar. I asked what that meant, and he said that he did not know. As it happened, my previous job had been as Vice President of Operations Planning and Performance, which included responsibility for our System Operations Control Center, and I still had a hardwired microphone and speaker in my office that connected directly to the SOC conference calls. I pushed the on-off switch and was immediately plugged into this horribly eerie and scary discussion of where these three planes might be. The story slowly unfolded as we first heard of an airplane crashing into the World Trade Center, then a second one into the other Twin Tower. Then one of the planes that had been missing was found, but another plane was reported to have struck the Pentagon. It was surreal for everyone, I'm sure. I had a front row seat of the unfolding activity at American, but in my current job, I had very little responsibility in the presence. So I listened and thought and brainstormed and tried to think of something useful to do. The crying would have to wait. By now, a pretty clear picture had emerged as to what had transpired, but no one knew what might be the next shoe to drop. Our head of operations informed the FAA that he was ordering all of our airplanes on the ground. The FAA would, shortly thereafter, order all airplanes in or approaching U.S. airspace to do likewise, including those from Europe that would head to Gander, Newfoundland, and create the plot line for the critically acclaimed modern musical, Come From Away. By now, it had occurred to me what I could do to help. 
I had lived through several airline crises during my operations days, the worst being our 757 crash in the mountains in Columbia in 1995. I knew that we would need to set up communications capabilities for our people who would descend on the site, as well as our care team members who would provide customer assistance to the survivors and the victims' families. I began to mobilize for this when I was told that, no, this one was different, much different. No care system, no reaching out to survivors. There weren't any on the airplanes and no outreach to the families. This was war and we had no role on site. For days, we all did what we could or needed to do. No one was flying. I had a small team of people at a conference in Las Vegas. They asked me what to do and I told them to rent a car and drive home. Later that week, we began to fly again and things began very slowly to return to what today we would call the new normal. But I finally got a task on which I could be useful. My synagogue had a group tour that was stranded in Spain by the grounding and now everything was full. I got a call to see if I could help. I asked about their booking and was informed that they were on Delta. Confused, I asked what they thought I could do. Did they want to buy new tickets on American? Yes, anything. They all needed to get home, including our cantor, who was to chant at Rosh Hashanah services the following Monday night. I went to work and found them an itinerary. Depart Sunday on Iberia to San Juan, Puerto Rico, then fly American to Miami to overnight, and then on to DFW arriving Monday mid-morning. They were ecstatic. Flew to San Juan and on to Miami without incident. But that night, I checked and discovered that their flight from Miami to DFW the next day was canceled and that the next flight was pretty full. I called my colleague at American and got them booked on it. These were the days before instant notification and instant reaccommodation. Only then did I call the group leader and relay the bad news and the good news. They made it home a mere 90 minutes later than planned. And to paraphrase Lowe's lyrics in My Fair Lady, they made it to the shul on time. For years after that, members of the tour group, whom I didn't even know, came up to me to thank me for rescuing them. Thanks to Scott for submitting his story for the podcast, and thank you for listening. This podcast is made possible through individual donations and contributions. If you have questions or are interested in sharing your story, feel free to check out the Airline Voices podcast page on Facebook, or you can email to airlinevoicespodcast at gmail.com. For those interested in helping support this podcast financially, please visit patreon.com and search for the Airline Voices Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and Airline Voices Podcast. Thanks again for listening.